All right, this is Chandra, and I'm going to do another um, video podcast from the Contemporary Horsemanship Company, and today I wanted to talk about teaching what the click means. So that goes for clicker training, positive reinforcement training. You're going to need a marker signal to tell your horse that they've done something that you like, and that's usually a click. So um, it's called clicker training because originally they're going to use it like a handheld clicker, Um, You don't have to. It could be any word that you want. Um, Usually it is the handheld clicker or like a tongue click. So like like that. That's what I use because holding the clicker can be tricky while you're holding reins and holding other things. So it's up to you. You can do whatever you want as long as you're consistent. Um, But I like to do the tongue click. Um, make sure you can do it. If, it. if it doesn't work for you, you can make some other sound. Uh, it just has to be different than something you use for like forward movement. So like my horses know to trot from this sound and they know the difference between that and the click. So they don't get mixed up. They understand it. So you've got to decide on what you want. You can use like just a regular word like good, but I would make it very specific. So I wouldn't just be like, Oh, good, (laughs) because then it's going to be in a conversation if you're ever talking to somebody else around your horse or just to your horse or whatever, it has to be very specific. So if you wanted to use good, I would be like, oh, good, and kind of say it long like you'd use with a dog or something. So first, you got to decide what you want to use as your marker signal. Um, The importance of having one is pretty much the whole idea of, of positive reinforcement training. So If I didn't use one, and this is where a lot of people kind of go wrong in the beginning, um, the horse doesn't exactly know what it is doing to get the reward. So say someone has their horse in the cross ties and they want to feed it a treat after a ride because it had a good ride. Okay, the horse is not going to associate that because they don't, he's not going to remember, oh, my ride was good, so I'm going to get a treat now. Horses don't work like that. So they're going to think whatever they're doing at that moment is what earned them that treat. So if that is, you know, mugging you, pushing their nose into your pocket and searching around and pushing into your space, then that's what they're going to think gets them a treat. So if they're pushing into your pocket and you're like, okay, hold on. And then you give them a treat, then you're rewarding that behavior. With clicker training, you are telling the horse with the click exactly what you want. And this behavior is going to earn you a treat. It might take you a second to get the treat, but they are going to get one for that behavior. So that's where a lot of people get stuck in the beginning. It's not just willy-nilly, I'm going to give you treats because you did something cute five minutes ago. That's not how it works. So um, to begin with, if the horse is standing still and you want to feed your horse a treat, and the proper way it should be done is the horse is standing still, he's nice and relaxed, you go up, you give him a treat. What usually happens is you're rustling around in your bag, in in the tack room, whatever. He knows he's going to get one. He gets excited. Maybe he's pawing. Maybe he's mugging you. Maybe he's dancing around the cross ties. Then you give him a treat. So you're just rewarding that behavior. So if more people knew about this and then started um, waiting for the proper behavior, a lot of people would like clicker training a lot more, but they just don't quite understand how it works. And it is that powerful, like the horse is going to do whatever behavior it thought, earn them that treat. So instead, we want that marker signal to be very, very clear what we want to the horse. So in the beginning, you want to make sure that the, you are safe and the horse is safe first. So you might need protective contact. So like with the Mustangs, 
I started in protective contact mostly because they were wild and they were more afraid of me, but they could run over you, they could bite you, they could kick you, doesn't matter. Anything could happen. So with them, obviously, I use protective contact. You can do that with a domestic horse too. It doesn't have to be dangerous um, to be just be extra safe and have an extra step. It also is helpful if maybe your horse is a little too friendly. So the horse wants to come up to you and push into your space or get too excited around the food. Um, starting in a protective contact with the horse on the other side of the stall door, um, on the other side of the fence, somewhere where there's a fence between the two of you or a barrier um, is important. I don't recommend electric fence for obvious reasons. Um, if you have electric fence, I have electric fence. Um, I started out just using the gate. So I have a, just like a a panel gate, it looks like a round pen panel, but it's a gate. I started there um, with the Mustang. So it's up to you. You can start there, especially if you have a scared, wild, dangerous horse or one that's really excited about food, might be pushy, might want to bite you, something like that. Um, other than that, I would probably just do a halter and lead rope if you can. If the horse is probably not dangerous, probably not pushy, you can also do this at Liberty. It's kind of up to you, but I would recommend a halter and lead rope. So um, the most important thing about this is that the horse is relaxed. And I've learned that the hard way. Um, you gotta have that like relaxation first because it can get really easy if you're constantly rewarding for movement and actions and then the horse just cannot stand still and it's just like really excited it's like a little kid just had wants the candy and it wants to run around and and do all these things in order to earn it so if you start off from the beginning it's going to be a lot easier so i would make sure the horse is relaxed so he already doesn't understand the food he's not you know he's not into it you don't want to come out with a giant bucket full of grain and think that this is going to go well. I would have like a pack or a bag or something like that. If you have a bucket and you're in protective contact, that's different. But definitely don't go into the field of horses with a bucket and think that you're going to do it out there. It's not going to go well. So once you're all set up, get your pack or your bucket in a safe location, get set up first. I like to just use a pack, like a fanny pack, a running pack, um, and put my food in there. Um, it, de it, it just depends on what you want to eat, or not what you want to eat, what the horse wants to eat and what kind of horse you have. Like with the Mustangs, at first they didn't want to eat on my hand. So I had like a, I got this bag that you take to the beach and it has, it's like a mesh bag. So like all the sand would fall through, but I would put my hay in it and I would carry the hay around like that. And until they were comfortable eating treats from my hand, that worked really well too. So once you're all set up pack wise, you want to have the horse, if you're in protective contact, so if you're staying to the side of the horse, just kind of let him relax and stand next to you. That's all you need. If you're standing next to him while um, they're on the lead rope, just stand like near their head, wherever, it doesn't matter. You just want the horse relaxed. Usually I stand parallel to the horse, we're both facing forward, and then I start feeding from there. So you want to use your marker signal, so in my case that would be the tongue click, and then effectively and somewhat quickly, but not rushing, um, grab the food and go ahead and feed the horse. So those two things can also run you into trouble. So I think a lot of people and myself included when I first started was like, oh, this is going to be super easy. 
I can just feed my horse um, some treats when he does something good and then my life is easier, which is true. But there can be a lot of little problems that pop up if your horse isn't like saint like if he's a little bit scared if he's a little bit overexcited it can really cause you a lot of problems so in the beginning you want to make sure that you can get to the food easily but you don't want to rush it's not like I clicked and then I need to run immediately grab the food out of my pack and then shove it in his face like I kind of do something especially with the mustangs and horses that kind of get a little bit overexcited is use your grandma energy. So I'm going to do something purposefully, but I'm going to do it slowly. So I'm going to reach into my pack and then grab the food and bring it to them. So I'm doing it right away, but we're not rushing. We're not hurrying because then it's just going to bring up the horse's energy and cause them to worry more. So I use my grandma energy and it works a lot better. So I'm, I'm not being slow and like barely moving. I'm just doing it in a relaxed way. And that kind of helps me just do it in a relaxed way and not rush because you might get into a tendency where you want to rush things and like immediately get their food to them. So that is one thing. And another thing is feeding the horse with his head straight um, in front of him and bringing your arm out to the side. So your arm should be out, like outreached. So where you your hand is underneath his muzzle and his head's facing forward. You don't want to feed the horse like over here, like near his near your body, because then you're bringing that horse's head toward you. You don't want any of that, because then that's the horse is going to start mugging. They're going to start getting closer and closer and closer, and you're going to end up backing away, and it's not going to be an ideal situation. So you want to always make sure the horse is relaxed. You want to be efficient but calm with getting the food. And then you want to make sure the horse's head stays straight and that he's away from you when he eats his treat. So you it's going to take some practice. Like you might want to practice getting the food out, maybe clicking, getting the food out, and just do a pretend horse. Like just so you can kind of get in the movement of doing it. Um, and just go slow. You don't have to rush and do all these crazy things, but those are just some tips that would help. But, um, one other thing that I found was difficult to do, and this wasn't for all horses. So I have five and all of them are a little bit different. So it kind of helps out to where like, I can be like, this horse was kind of like this with the food. This horse was kind of like this with the food. And then I can kind of learn things. But for most people, you, you might only have one. And if you only have that one, you could go a really long time without noticing what the clicker training is doing to the horse. So as in um, maybe you have a horse that's not overexcited by the food. They don't get pushy and bring their head into your space. None of those things happen. So you train in a very different way than a person who has the opposite sort of horse. And that one wants to be pushy, wants to come into them, gets overexcited. Then you have, you start having those problems. So luckily, um, it doesn't seem lucky at the time because you're like, why isn't this working? But then I can figure it out and get through it and then help other people with the same issues. So my mini horse gets very, 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 very excited about the food. So I like so much so like he he just can't can't contain himself and what I had read and watched about before was okay, have the horse turn their head slightly away and then feed them. And that just made it much worse. So now he's just like he does this the whole time and now I have to wait for that behavior to go away. 
So I have to stand there and just wait for a moment where he's standing straight and not wagging his head from side to side. And obviously that is my fault. I didn't know exactly what I was rewarding there. I, my click had to have been off because he was doing this thing. So I was either clicking when he was moving or I was rewarding both, both the head straight and the head to the side. So he thought, keep moving because I'm doing both these things. So in that mistake, like it just head straight, no moving, no tipping. I feel like, especially in the beginning, it, it's just going to be much easier to just reward your horse for head straight. The horse is excited. That's fine. His head just can be straight. The head tipping away, I just found issues with. And it's not super practical either. Um, if I'm trying to halter or bridle a horse, I don't want his head turned away. So for me, I didn't seem to really like it. So that's just something to think about. Um, let's see. What else do I have? Okay. So when you're feeding, um, you, it, the horses might get excited between the time you click and the time you feed. So it depends on the horse again. But if I click, so my horse is standing straight here, right there. He's standing straight, has his head straight, and I'm, I clicked him for that. So now, this is his head. He's turning his head and he's looking at me and he's moving his lips around and he's looking at me and getting all excited. I've already clicked for this head straight and then he's already gotten too excited. So I'm gonna wait. And, and just, I'm maybe already gotten my food. I'm just going to pause and wait until he resumes this position with his head straight. And then I will go ahead and feed. So it might take some time there where the horse is wanting to anticipate, wanting to move their head around. But as long as you always feed with their head straight and in that same spot, they're not going to come around toward you. Once you start feeding when their head's bent towards you, then you're going to get into an issue. And it can be really easy to get into that problem because sometimes you don't even notice. It can be very subtle. Like the horse might start off. Oh, where's my hand? Right here. So he might start off like that and he just might tip a little tiny bit to get a little closer to the food. And you're like, oh, that's okay. I can do that. It's not too bad. And then you feed that and then it's like this. And then his head's here and then his head is right there. So you got to be really careful about watching all those little tiny behaviors because that's how you're training with clicker training is you're doing small little approximations till you get to this big behavior. So you can be very careful with that because then you're teaching this other new behavior and you got to go back and fix it. And that could be a lot more difficult. So um, that is something definitely to watch. It can be really frustrating to have to go back and redo that. Um, some horses I have found do better, like with very low value reinforcement or almost none. So I've had one that she, she will do it. She likes getting the reinforcement. She does all the things and but she just gets too excited about the food and I'm giving her hay like that's all I have like as far as value wise that's the lowest value thing that I have like I have nothing else lower than the hay she eats which is just Timothy hay so it's like I don't have anything else I started out with Timothy Timothy grass pellets and she was okay with that and I think for her what happened was she was not doing a whole lot. She just worked in the round pen, but it was a lot of pressure, a lot of go forward. She was probably a little bit shut down. And then when I started using the positive reinforcement, she kind of had some more options, more choices. So she got a little bit too much excited about that stuff. So now, even when I'm using the hay, she's like, oh, this is 
she will nicker at me for hay like she's that excited about it so and she's on pasture 24 7 she gets hay three times a day sometimes more um like it's it's all the time like and she's still excited so for her I have definitely bringed it brung it way back down to where she's not getting food every single time so what I found for her is that I'll do some behaviors and work on some stuff and yes, I'm using negative reinforcement too. I'd like to mix the two together. Um, I feel like that's more realistic for the horse world right now. Um, time frames and just how we ride now. And, and not in like a way where I'm like, it's cool to whip the horse and beat it and, and chase it and do all those things. But it's important for the horse to learn to move away from pressure. So that could be a topic for another day. But um, she'll, we'll work on some stuff. She'll do something really well. I'll go ahead and I'll give her a handful of hay. And that seems to work pretty well because she's not getting real excited and going over thresholds. She's just, she's working and she's staying happy, but she's not getting too excited because before she'll, she'll stand and she'll keep her head straight most of the time. And, but sometimes it'll just seep in. She'll want to, she'll have her head over here and she'll just bend it closer to me. And, It's even for hay. So if you have a horse that gets too excited with the food that you're using, obviously go down to a lower um, value reinforcer. So um, hay is probably the least reinforcing thing that you have. Some horses um, are like her and they are obsessed with the hay. Not always. This is probably not a most common case. But other ones I found, especially with the Mustangs, needed a bit more reinforcement. So I used hay for a while. And then it also depends on the behaviors you're training. So um, then I would move up to like Timothy pellets. Sometimes they get alfalfa pellets. It kind of depends. Sometimes they get green um, if they're doing something else. But you kind of have to be careful with those things. So with the Mustangs, you need to be careful because they're very easy keepers and they are fat on absolutely nothing. So they are pretty much stuck on only Timothy pellets or cubes. Um, and they don't get a ton of those. I like, I'll ration out a a little bit for my pack. And then once I've kind of run out, I can kind of find a stopping place and then move on. Um, and then I intermix that with the negative reinforcement anyways. So for them, I do that for other horses they need higher reinforcement. So I have, I had another mare that came off the track and she was not doing well at trailer loading. And she was getting to the point where she didn't even want to take the alfalfa or the alfalfa pellets. She didn't want anything like that. She did best for grain or carrots. So I did that. I did her daily ration of grain and I just split part of it out for her training sessions and we worked with that way and that seemed to work a lot better. She just needed something more to work for. Now, with that, I will say that if there's something that the horse is really scared of, it will do it for the food, but it might take them a very long time to actually be comfortable doing the behavior. So that can be one of those things where, um, like with the Mustangs, like in the beginning, they'll let me touch him, but like, like uh, caster, he would let me touch him, but he would be shaking. Like he's on, there on his own because we were in protective contact. He was in the pasture. I was on the other side of the gate and I would lay my hand on his back and his back would shake. Like there was a fly on it. Like he was just, he was not okay with it at all, but he was letting me do it. So that's something I would kind of be aware of. Obviously most, not everybody is going to be training a, a wild Mustang, but, 
In other situations, like trailer loading, tacking up, it can be a, a number of things depending on the horse to be really careful that you're not going too fast too soon. And if the horse is doing it for the food, but they're really not relaxed on the inside. So the relaxing for me is really the biggest, most important thing. Um, if the horse is not relaxed, like a lot of clicker trainers will be like, okay, if the horse is not relaxed, they're not going to take the food. Yes. Once they get to like way, way over threshold, I can't see my hand, way over threshold, they're not taking food. But if they're down here and they're still taking food, but they're worried, you kind of get into a problem because the horse is worried. They're not okay with what's going on, but they're going to do it because they want the food. And it's not because they're starving. Like they have food, they have water, they have shelter, they have friends, they have all the things that they need. But maybe the food is so reinforcing they're going to do it anyway, even though it might be scary. So it might be something like, I'm going to go to work if I'm, you know, I do a dangerous job. Maybe I fix like cell phone towers. I don't know. Something that would scare the crap out of me. And I'll do it for, you know, $1,000 an hour, but I'm terrified the whole time. Like, I'm not going to like my job, but I'm going to do it for this reinforcement. So that's like a weird um thing like example to kind of go with that but it's very similar for the horses like they're like oh my gosh I'm gonna get an alfalfa pellet so you know I'm gonna let this crazy girl touch me because I want this alfalfa because it's so reinforcing so you have to be really careful with those things um making sure the horse is nice and relaxed that's why I, I kept in and I like using the negative reinforcement and it's not like I'm trying to like chase the horse and do all those things that go along with the negative reinforcement, the horse is in protective contact. So like when I was using caster as this example where I'm touching him, I'm going to approach and retreat with my hand and then I will, you know, occasionally click and feed because he can leave at any point in time. But you got to be careful because sometimes the food is so reinforcing that they don't leave. So that's why I use in the negative reinforcement, I'll just touch light, like leave my hand there and then take it away and then bring my hand back and take it away. So there's not food all the time. So I feel like that can build up a little bit to where the horse might leave. And then you'll be like, okay, something's going on. Versus if you're feeding constantly, the horse might stay there and you're not getting a great, like true idea of how the horse feels about that, if that makes sense. So um, it's very similar to like working a horse in a round pen. You can be like, okay, the horse is at liberty. They're doing what I want in the round pen. You put him in the arena and he runs away. It's not a fair representation of what the horse is feeling. So I feel like if you're using too much food or if you're going too fast, you can get yourself in that problem. So that's just something to think about um, once you start going with the clicker trading. So really this podcast, I've talked about how to... Um, like start and get like get started with the clicker training but I also want to point out like some common problems because if you know it in the beginning it's going to just make your training so much easier versus having to figure everything out on your own so um another big thing that I didn't know until quite recently so I knew what anthropomorphism is, and it's like giving human traits to animals. So I could be walking my dog, and I'm like, oh, he loves going on walks, even though he's like panting and wants to sit down every 10 minutes. He's like, oh, it's relaxing. Maybe it's relaxing for me, and I want it to be relaxing for my dog, so I kind of push my human values onto an animal. 
And I, it's hard because you do that without even thinking. So in my example for the horses, I was clicker training the Mustangs to pick their feet up. And I would be like, oh, well, you're close. So I'm going to get you a treat anyway. So, but what I'm doing is I'm making it take longer because I'm like, oh, he's close. So I'm going to give him a treat anyway. When what I should be doing is, okay, I'm going to pause. This wasn't good enough. We already have a higher criteria. So let's do that higher criteria. And then let's, then I will feed and click for that. So that's different than if the horse is scared. So if the horse is worried, maybe we've been lifting the feet and I hold it up for one second. Today it's windy, it's whatever's going on, and the horse doesn't want me to hold his foot at all. So he keeps pulling it out of my hand. Then maybe I go back a step and I just touch the horse on his leg and I'll click and feed him for just touching him there. Versus if I go to pick up the hoof and he picks it up and then he kind of pulls it out of my hand or he does like a halfways pickup and we've been working on this for a little bit, then I'll just be like, no, let's try again and then see if I can get the new behavior. So there's a lot of different factors that go into that. There's environmental factors, lots of different things. You kind of have to know your horse and read your horse. Is he trying hard enough? Is he he trying just enough? Is he scared? Is he worried about something? Lots of different things, but that is something to look into is like that I didn't even realize I was doing. It's not like, oh, well that's good enough. It should be a standard that you have and you always have to go to that until he's ready for the next level. So he's, you know, consistently, I can touch down his leg. Great. I can consistently ask him to pick it up. Great. Okay. I consistently can hold it for one minute, then two, or not one minute, one second, then two seconds, then three seconds, then 10 seconds. And then I can consistently pick out the hoof. So I'm building it up. So from last time I can go back. And so if I'm going to start from the beginning, so I can pet the horse's leg consistently. Great. So the next day I go to work with this horse's leg. I'm going to, first thing I do is pet the horse's leg and then I'll ask him to lift it up. So I'll go back for the one time and be like, hey, remember I pet down your leg? Great. Okay. And then we're going to move on to something else. I'm going to ask for that. Let's lift it up up for one second. If that doesn't go well, then I'll go back. But I don't want to stay in that level forever. So I've asked for the hoof to pick up. Doesn't happen. I'm like, well, it was close. And then I'll go feed the horse. And that's where you can have some problems start up. So that's how it um, played out for me was with the hoof picking. Um, it can be in really in anything. So just be careful not to anthropomorphize and be like, oh, well, he's trying hard or it's hot or it's this or it's that. Um, it should always be up to your criteria unless the horse is worried or scared about something going on in the environment or maybe he's sick or he's not feeling as, as well. So um, I would just put all those factors into it when you're, when you're thinking about Um, clicking for less than what you've been working on. So um, another thing is going to be consistency. So um, being consistent is really important. So another big reason why some people um, don't have the um, positive reinforcement workout is that they were never consistent with it and not necessarily um, like using it every day, but like in how you use it. So Maybe I clicked and then I lost my pack and I run around and searched for it. And then I came five minutes later and then fed my horse. Like the time has passed. <laughs> like horse is not thinking about what you, they were doing previously when you clicked them. So you have to be very consistent, consistent in how you click and how your marker signal sounds, consistent in 
the getting of the food and the delivery of the food and the way the horse stands and is feeling when you're feeding. All of this thing, all of these things have to be very, very consistent. And it's going to be a whole nother set of things once you're mounted. And if you're doing clicker training from the saddle, which I'll talk about later, um, it's got to be like a certain way, like the horse brings his head around a certain way on a certain side and in a certain manner so that he's nice and relaxed. And it has to always be like that because if you start um, clicking and rewarding for something that is a little bit not what you want, but you're like, oh, it's okay, where the anthropomorphism comes in again, then you're going to end up going in the direction you don't want to go. So if you're feeding the horse and he's a little like excited getting the food and he brings his head a little closer, like my example before, before you know it, your horse's head ends up all the way over and you didn't even realize it. So something to be really um, watchful of because what I didn't realize in the beginning is exactly how powerful this is either. Um, they'll pick up on every little thing, every little behavior that they're doing or where their weight's at, everything what they were doing when you give them that click. And that might not be for all horses. Maybe if you have one that's 25 and half dead, it might not do that. But for the majority of horses, the majority of sensitive horses, they are like, oh, what was I doing when I got that cookie? Like they're very specific and they they remember those things. So definitely be very consistent and making sure the horse is relaxed um, and consistently giving the horse the reward and in a good calm way. So I think I'm going to end on this last thing. And it's this kind of the thing I talked about before. It's the relaxation. Too many people think that clicker training is just like, oh, let's do a trick. Let's teach my horse how to rear or lay down or whatever, which it does work for. But I think in the beginning and throughout the time that you're training, like a place where the horse can just stand, like his default setting and, and be relaxed and be treated clicked and treated for that is super important so say I'm working on like lunging my horse so I've lunged my horse he's doing great I've been clicking him for going forward and making transitions and whatnot so then I'm going to be done with that so I would like to just have my horse stand and relax so then I would go ahead and stand wherever you'd like to and it could be his cue you could change it up every day doesn't matter and once the horse is standing and relaxed, then I would click and treat. So a big part of the relaxation is going to be you waiting. Um, they're not going to relax instantly, especially if they've already kind of connected clicker training to movement. They're going to want to be moving. They want to be showing you behaviors, throwing behaviors at you. And you might want those behaviors later, but you want to be really specific and careful about rewarding them when you haven't asked for them. So just take your time like wait for the horse like it can feel like forever like when your horse is standing straight and he's kind of moving his head around and he's not relaxed and you're trying to feed him can take feel like it's taking forever but you got to just be patient just wait like this part is super important the delivery is super important all the relaxation is important it just it pays off to be consistent and consistently relax that or (laughs) reward that relaxation so um just be really careful about that. Waiting is going to be part of the of the whole thing. Because you can get really stuck in like, oh, click, treat, do this, click, treat, do that. And then they're kind of all over the place. When you need to pause, let the horse relax, and then click and feed for that. And then do that a little bit, then move on. Maybe you're going to work on something else and then come back. And kind of add those relaxation times in so the horse has time to come back down 
and not be seeking constantly um, because that can definitely happen. And that is another thing that I talked about earlier with the mare I have is she wants to be, she gets too excited about the food because she's been turned into that seeking system and she's looking for the food all the time. That's why I had to really bring down the value of the food and the times, um, the amount of food she was getting. So she wasn't getting clicked all the time. It was, it's maybe she gets clicked four times in a session because she's just too much seeking and not enough relaxation. So that's just another thing to think about. Um, depending on the horse, um, you can, you can train it to an extent, but if the horse is too busy seeking for the food, you're going to have to feed less food. So I found that, um, is really interesting too, because part of the eating is the seeking part. So they're grazing, they're looking for different foods the whole time. And it looks different when they're out grazing, but when they're with you and they're kind of, you know, looking around, looking at you, they have, they might have their lips moving, um, not wanting to stand still, stuff like that. They're still in that seeking mode to try and find the food. So just taking a break from um, giving them any treats and working on something else um, is super important and then kind of bringing those back in a little bit later. So I really like to work doing both negative and positive reinforcement and then just really highlighting those things um, that the horse has done super good with the positive reinforcement. I find that is what works best, but these are just some things to think about. doesn't matter if you're going to mix them or not. If you're just going to do positive reinforcement, you're going to mix it. doesn't matter. These things are super important. And if I knew them in the beginning, it would have definitely helped me out. So, um, I'll probably think of some more things and make another podcast later, but for now, that's all I got on, um, teaching the click and positive reinforcement.